Oliver Dixon on SAFM. South Africa is becoming more and more obese as a country. More and more of us are eating unhealthily. And when I say obese, I don't mean it colloquially. I don't mean fat, right? I mean obese as far as the medical definition is concerned, where it is a health condition. And diets are difficult to abide by, oftentimes expensive and take time. But so does exercise. And there are a lot of other complications involved that makes weight management incredibly difficult. And so a lot of people often resort to surgery, bypass surgery, reconstruction surgery to be able to deal and manage obesity. Perhaps you're considering it. Dr. Nombulele Metuse is with us. She is a uh, plastic and reconstruction surgeon. Dr. Metuse, thank you so much for your time. Good morning. Good morning, Oliver. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, let's maybe start with definitions. Um, I I am about 1.8788 meters tall. I weigh just under 100 kilograms, and my doctor told me I am overweight. Not obese, but overweight according to the BMI scale. What's the difference between okay. overweight and obese? Okay, we use your weight and your height. And then once we calculate now, we find that you are above uh, 28 uh, with your BMI, yeah. but you are less, uh, you're not more than 30, then you are overweight. But now, once now we start talking about uh, above, we're talking about obesity. And then now if your BMI is above 40, we talk about morbid obesity. That's where now the surgery starts to come in, the physical options. But with diet and exercise alone, it will not be adequate for you to lose weight yeah. if you are morbid uh, obese. Do people under a BMI index of 40 strongly consider uh, surgery? Definitely. We start from 34, but with 34, if you have a comorbidity, let's say you've got arthritis, you've right, got right. diabetes, mellitus type 2, then we start considering that because it's not just a cosmetic thing, it's a health issue. Obesity is a health issue. So to improve the control of those underlying diseases, that's when we would recommend surgery for them. Mm, but mm. if you don't have any underlying medical condition, from the BMI of 40, you need to consider surgery. So when you consult with clients, what are the options uh, short of surgery that you put on the table? Okay. Uh, we classify you. Are you overweight? Are you obese? Are you morbidly obese? And then we also want to check what are we trying to achieve. Is this for cosmetic reasons or is also some medical underlying issues that we're trying to uh, achieve? We work as a team, you will not consult with just one specialist. You will need to see the psychologist, you will see a dietitian, mm. you will see a physician, depending on what uh, other comorbidities that you have. And then we will give you the options for minimal invasive, invasive, which is being the surgery options, and non-invasive options, which is most of lifestyle modification. It is not uncommon that you find that you have to do most of them, just they have a synergic effect. We cannot say that, no, we're going to go minimal or uh, invasive, like we're going to insert a balloon and then in three months time we remove it or what we achieve, but you can eat anything that you want. No, you might still have to do some walks if you cannot mm. uh, have uh, 
exercising, also control what you eat. So it is a journey. It's not an event. It's not a just a consultation. I tell you what to do, then you go home. No, it's a journey that mm. you need to work with you. It is a psycho. It's more of a journey of a mind than it is of uh, just the lifestyle. Because this mm. is something that you you might you might achieve our goal in two or three years time. So depending mm. on where we are. So we have nine invasive uh, for those uh, people like who are not uh, weight or just a uh, little bit obese, where we tell you lifestyle modification that go to the gym, try to eat right, come see the uh, dietitian, and then we try to solve that. And then for those mm. ones now who are obese, we like, no, let's uh, minimize invasive, which is the common one now, we use the balloon. We insert it, but know that it's reversible, that once we achieve our weight, then we can always uh, extract it. But then for those who are morbidly obese, that's when now we talk about bariatric surgery. Under the umbrella of bariatric surgery, that's when we talk about gastric bypass, we have uh, the, 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 what you call the, the band that we put in to make the stomach uh, smaller. And then we also have got some uh, sleeving procedure. So we just choose mm-hmm. which one that will be suitable for you. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and these options, they vary in price, I'm assuming. Yes, they do vary, uh, vary in price. Uh, we know with lifestyle modification, it's more, it's more uh, the decision from your size and financial cost. Then with the minimal invasive, which is insertion of your balloon, it can cost you anything between forty to uh, uh, eighty thousand, depending who's doing it the surgery. Oh wow! And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other cost that you don't see is, like I said, that you work in the multidisciplinary. So you will see a physician, you will see a psychologist, you will see a dietitian, then you will see a plastic surgeon. So you also have those small costs that are on mm, the side mm. that will add up into it just to mm. make sure that you, you, you walk the journey smoothly. Give us a call, 86 I'm taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Yeah. Let us know what your thoughts are uh, on this, if you have any questions uh, on this conversation. It really, really is one of those that's picking up steam in South Africa, and a lot more people are considering this as an option. So let's, let's then break uh, them apart, uh, Doctor. Uh, let's talk uh-huh. about in detail about non-invasive before we get to invasive. Uh, to be clear, gastric bypass surgery is not non-invasive. It is invasive, right? It is invasive, yes. Because you're yes. just removing a part of your intestine to minimize absorption of calories. So it is invasive. Right. So, so then, then what does, in, in practice, what does non invasive surgery look like outside of just lifestyle modification? Okay. Uh, non invasive is that insertion of your balloon in your stomach. Because now we're not necessarily cutting or removing anything, but we are reducing the volume of the stomach so that the contents that you consume they are a little bit less and also the mm. absorption of calories they are a bit less so that's why we call it yes it's a non-invasive and it is reversible oh so so tell me about this balloon because when you say balloon i'm imagining an actual balloon i, I don't assume that's what it is oh okay <laughs> <laughs> no, we have the balloon. It's like, we, it's like a device that we inflate it when it's inside. Okay. So, how, how, 
so how does how do you insert it into the intestine? We do what you call a gastroscopy. So we take you to theater. We put you. You can do it under a light sedation or in general anesthesia, so that you don't feel the discomfort. So we in, we use the gastroscopy, which is like um, a camera and the scope. There's a holding piece where we plant the device. Once we planted the device into your stomach, then we inflate it to reduce the volume of your stomach. So the other your stomach is occupied by this balloon, and then you only mm. have a certain amount of volume that you can use, like when you eat, then the food will only go there. So that means that your stomach has become smaller, but we didn't have to cut it. The only so how different, how different then would that be from putting somebody on like really strong diet pills? The, the diet pills, they work on your physiology. So what oh, we do, most okay. of them, they, 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 so those are pharmacological therapies that we have. So they, they, how they work is to suppress your appetite and to increase the metabolism. So you are benefit by increasing the metabolism, and then you also suppress it so that you consume less calories. Mm, mm. And so this mm. balloon is then reversible. That means you, at some point, deflate it. What, what, how does that mm. work? Yes, we take you, once you've uh, achieved uh, the desired weight, we take you back to theater, we deflate it, and then we, we remove it. It's a day procedure. Right. And typically, how long does do people keep those in for? It really depends on what you want to achieve. For someone who wants to lose, uh, let's say, 15 kgs, or the other one to lose about 30 kilograms, so that one, we have to keep it for longer. But it's generally between about three to six months. Mm. Then we, About we three. But, then, but it requires a lot of uh, procedure because now you go back to your normal stomach volume and then you ingest food uncontrollably, then you are going to gain that weight. Yeah. Give us a call 086 000 2032. 086 000 2032. So then let's move to then the, the uh, you know, invasive surgical procedure. Um, gastric bypass being one of them. How does how does that work? What 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 is being done inside of your body? Okay, with bariatric surgery procedures, we want to make sure that you are mentally or psychologically ready for it. So you will get a counseling pre-operatively because it changes your lifestyle. That after the surgery, you have to eat in a certain way. You will need to know that you have to be on supplements for the rest of your life. I'll explain later why. And then yeah. we have different procedures under that umbrella that we have the bypass, where we remove a portion of your small intestine that is responsible for absorption. We know that the digestion will happen in the stomach. Then once you go into your intestine, now small intestine, that's where now you get most of your digestion taking place. You don't remove all of it, just part of a portion of it in order to minimize uh, absorption of calories. That we call it a bypass. Now we're talking yeah. about a sleeve procedure. With a sleeve, we are making your stomach smaller. So we're cutting a portion of your stomach so that we, we permanently reduce the size of your stomach, unlike the balloon, that it is temporary. And then you will also get the band now where we just put a band around your, your stomach in order to minimize the, 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 the volume or the size of your stomach so that uh, 
you get um, a less uh, digestion or absorption of your the, the calories. So those are the what different the... options that we have. Yeah. The common ones being the bypass. So what then happens when your stomach size has been reduced because fat is not just stored I in the stomach? What happens to the fat in... Yes, yes. Can, can you hear me? Hello? Oh, seems like uh, Dr. Metusa can't hear me. We're going to take a try and take a quick break and see if we can get those lines sorted. Give us a call, 86 Let's take a quick break. Give us a call, 86 I'm in conversation with Dr. Nombulelo Metusa. We're speaking about obesity and related surgery. We've got a caller on the line. Let's go to the lines. Puleng out in Bloemfontein. Puleng, good morning. Good morning, Oliver, and good morning to your guests. Yes. Mm, go ahead, ma'am. O- Oliver, I would like to know, you know, there will be a time where one actually tries by all means to eat right, to do all the necessary exercises, and one would just realize that their body weight had actually plateaued and not still within the correct BMI measurements or scale. So now one will come to a point where they will consider gastric bypass. My fear about gastric bypass is it makes you lose weight as far as I've researched and observed. It makes you lose weight consistently. And then what happens when you come to the weight where you feel like, okay, this is it, I have to stop. Because now this, this surgery that they do, I don't know if it's the stomach lining or whatever they call it with their uh, medical jargon. I don't yeah. know. Um, I want to know, how do you stop? How do you come to a point where you say, this is it, I've attained my, my weight that I need. Mm. Mm. Dr. Metusa, do you want to respond to that? Okay, I'm not sure if I got the questions uh, correctly because the line was not so clear, but I think she wants to know our end point. When do yes. we decide now that we've achieved Yes. Our goal. Is that the question? Okay. Yes, that is the, uh, go- like the question. Like I said, that we do it for different reasons. For say, we know, and we've got what guides us, which is our BMI, and also improvement of medical conditions. Most of the patients who are diabetic type 2 or hypertensive, after they've lost a, a massive weight loss, you find that they don't even need to be on treatment anymore. So that, that means now the underlying medical condition has been resolved. We've achieved what we need. But also we want to make sure that we keep their BMI uh, within the healthy limit, at least maximum of 30. Mm, so mm. that's what guides us. That now, now we've achieved, because the whole aim is, is more about health, more than it is about uh, scalping or reconstruction. But with so invasive surgery, it's not reversible, correct? It is not reversible, but we can put you on certain diets. So oh, that's why you can okay. long genes. That's why I say that they are on supplements for life. Yeah, so yeah. To, they are prone to have iron deficiency anemia because of poor absorption. So that's why they are on iron supplements. So we are on um, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin uh, B, so, so that's why it's not a um, certain event, it's a change that you walk in. Yeah. So you walk closely with your dietitian as well. So give you some supplements that have higher calories. Because now we are stable, we've reached what we need uh, to achieve. Mm-hmm. Puleng, was that yes. useful? 
We're very much useful now. I can realize that this is something that one will have to think long and hard about it. Yes. It will have to be an ongoing supplement. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Pulen. Really, really do appreciate it. Dr. Matuse, I, I just want to ask you there, because our line wasn't too stable, to repeat those those supplements that are that you have to be a lifelong on. You said, is it vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A? You, yes, you albumin as well, and then iron supplements. So what do we do? We usually we see them every six months. We take the blood. We check where, where are we standing. If we need to increase any dosages, or we are within the, the normal, even before surgery, let's say any surgery, uh, uh, after you've lost weight now, but this excess thing, we are not going to operate on you until you are well optimized, because that's important for wound healing. So that's why with, with bariatric surgery, there are centers. It's not done by everyone, because it must be a well-equipped center that the patient will go through counseling. Most centers with minimum of six months. So that you understand this change because it's a life-changing change. Yeah. Let's talk about what your diet looks like after the fact, both for invasive and non-invasive or reversal and non-reversible surgery. You you obviously reduce your food intake. You reduce the type of food you you eat. Talk to us about that. Yes. So the dietitian will give you a prescription of what you need to eat. Like they will tell you, how many eggs you can consume for day. These are the calories. This is the number of proteins you need for day. Like they say two grams or two grams or three grams and what it looks like. So they will give you the options, okay? If it's a steak, this is the portion that it ought to be. If it's the fish, if it's the egg, then you will be able to. So that means now you need to start counting your calories. They'll tell you in terms of fats and carbohydrates. And then you have to eat every two hours because you consume a certain portion, smaller portions. So that's the change that yeah. you will get support in that regard so that you know. Because sometimes when you just see these figures that you, know, you have to eat maybe six times a day, you eat the protein, you know, it doesn't make sense. But when we put it in practice that this is what two grams uh, of uh, protein looks like, and these are the options that you have. This is what uh, 600 or 800 calories per day, this is what it entails. Then you have all that chat with you. Yes, yes. And do, do you put everybody into the same caloric range or does it depend uh, per person? It, it really depends. For instance, for those who are, who are just away, they can just live with uh, uh, exercise and diet. And then for those who are also just overweight, they don't really need a bypass surgery. It's just a non-invasive then you put the balloon. It's, a, it's, it's more just for psychological strength so that they, they don't relax after you've, remo- you've reversed or removed the balloon. So they don't have to be on those supplements for the rest of their mm, life. Mm, While mm. on the other hand, for those ones with a permanent solution, it's a different story. So their program is more intense. And some of them is also tailor-made around other underlying conditions that they have. Mm. And... and uh, yeah, because a lot of people are considering this as an uh, increased uptake, and there's just a culture, I think, of, of body modification surgery, whether it be internal or external. As, as a surgeon, do you turn people away who do not fall into the category of obese or morbid obese? Uh, it's with most people that we turn them away for surgery, those ones that you see that uh, you can actually do, we don't really turn them away. 
but we send them through the psychology. When you see that the reason behind or the why is not so clear, because we know that the risk of them relapsing and then in two or three years time in the same spot is very high. So we never really send anyone away. But for several years, I'll give you other options. I'll tell you that no, you do not fall in this category. You can lose 10 kg with gym and exercise. Let's uh, make sure that you see the dietitian, you see the, uh, the psychologist to see that. Because you need to outweigh the advantages and the disadvantages, yeah. the risk versus benefits. So for me to be a bypass for, for you to lose 10 kg, and I know that if we put you on an intense program, you can do that in three months that and exercise. I think I would do it in to Dr. Metos, your line there is just a little bit shaky, uh, so I'm going to just ask that you keep stable. Uh, hopefully we can okay. uh, hear you clearer if you hold stable. Um, and let's talk about then the dangers of, of, of surgery, specifically bypass surgery. Are there any associated dangers that people need to think about, consider that potentially may result during surgery or after surgery? Okay. Like the important thing when it comes to any surgery, you weigh the risk versus the benefit. Then we start outlining that with these kinds of patients who are going for bariatric surgery. Like us, they already have diabetes, they already have hypertension, they've got rheumatoid arthritis, they've got heart problems. So their quality of life is not that great because of these underlying conditions. Or even if they don't have those, but by the virtue of them being morbidly obese, they can do a lot of things. You know, they have the psychological and the social trauma because of this. So you weigh those risks and the benefits and see which one will benefit them the most. And then now, once we get to the point of surgery, there will be the arm, uh, what we call them, possible complications. Possible complications are well-documented complications. It does not mean that they will always happen, but there is a possibility. And most of them will need, we call it what's called risk modification. So that's why before the surgery, we make sure we put you on the six-month program to minimize any risk of complications. For instance, if you are a smoker, we're not going to touch you until you stop smoking. Because the risk of you developing even a clot into uh, your, your veins and then you end up into the lungs, end up with pulmonary embolism, is very high. Or you end up complicating after an op, you end up in ICU very high. So we will minimize those risks preoperatively. If you have, uh, like, let's uh, say your arthritis is not well controlled, diabetes yeah. also, also work hand in hand with your physician, so we minimize those risks. And then post-operatively, we make sure that you're on supplements because we know that you are going to get uh, iron deficiency anemia. Others will have what you call the dumping syndrome. What it means is that because now the stomach is small, there's not enough digestion of the food, then the others will complain about the nausea, the dizziness, and the vomiting. But we yeah. are able to, uh, to assist them with that. Or where we cause, we, there's an area we call it anastomosis. So if we have cut a portion of your stomach, where we, we, we close, you can have what we call a stenosis, which is a narrow way. So then we might have to dilate that at the later stage. So yeah. those are possible uh, complications. Yeah. So so just to rewind back a little bit, because now it's, it's, it's becoming clear that certain people should not consider this at all. So... If you're a smoker, this this obviously the, the risk of complications are super high. You don't touch that person. They need mm-hmm. to stop smoking. How long after they've quit smoking do they become, let's say, eligible uh, to be able to consider uh, bypass surgery? 
is minimum of six weeks uh, before surgery. And uh, we also say that also six weeks uh, post-surgery to give us uh, proper wound healing. But it is advisable that you do not continue to smoke even after surgery. Oh, so people do, can go back uh, to smoking after six weeks, but it's advised we, that they should not? Yes, yes. Because you already had your wound healing uh, rapport. So in terms of surgery, you, you have... Uh, basically recovered, but we'll advise you not because of other associated health risks, because we are in this place, because we also have underlying issues. So if you want to continue smoking, now what you're trying to achieve with your heart, with your lungs, say that you are being counterproductive, you will lose your weight, but now the underlying problems might still remain. So that's why I said that most of these things have strategic effects. So you find that even if it's this surgery, but it's still a component or an element of lifestyle modification from your side. Yeah, yeah. And, and just on, oh, uh, uh, you mentioned arthritis, you mentioned other comorbidities. Um, for people who, for instance, have hypertension, this, this should not be an option at all? Hi, Oliver, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Did, did we lose each other again? Can you hear me, doctor? Oh, seems like I've lost uh, uh, Dr. Metusa over there. Let's just take a quick promo, a quick sting, and see if we can get her back on the line. Give me a call, 086-000-2032. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Dr. Metusa, do I have you back? Are you able to hear me? Yes, I'm very so well, I'm not sure the network is not really stable. Y- yes, yes, I understand. No, mm-hmm. I, the, the question I'd ask was, so there are people with certain uh, health conditions and perhaps comorbidities that shouldn't consider this. People with uh, uh, hypertension, for instance, you mentioned some, uh, a little bit earlier. Is, is, is this something that they should not consider at all or can the hypertension be managed to the point where bypass surgery becomes possible for them? can be managed. Like I said, that one of the indications, if your BMI is 34, with the underlying comorbidities, one of them being diabetes, hypertension, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, we do motivate for surgery. So we just get the physician to help us to control it preoperatively, and most of them, uh, they end up not being on medication anymore after they've improved their BMI. So it's one of the indications right. that we do it for them. But right. you don't do it like you've got a BMI of 32 and then you want to do a bariatric surgery for the hypertension now. All right. Dr. Metusa, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, really do appreciate it. And I, I hope this was incredibly helpful to a lot of people. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, perhaps for a consultation uh, to ask more questions, how can they get in touch with you? Okay, I've got a practice in Pretoria and in Sancton and then uh, at Sancton Hotel in, in Benmore Gardens. Uh, we have got surgical students first floor, and then our telephone is 010-447-882. Dr. Matusa, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. I want to leave you with this because I do want to speak to you tomorrow morning, very early at 9 o'clock. Do come back to the show. President Saro Ramaphosa had just lost his bit in the Constitutional Court for the review of the Palapala Section 89 committee report. The Constitutional Court told him he made no case for direct access and he made absolutely no case for exclusive jurisdiction. I'll tell you all about that details in the Palapala case uh, that he lost in the Constitutional Court 
tomorrow at 9 o'clock. But that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for your time. It really has been an honor and a pleasure for myself, Lebu and Kanya. We're also joined by Nondokozo today. We appreciate you. We love you. We're back with you tomorrow. Bye.